Hallelujah. Yes. Mighty God. Mighty God. Oh, mighty God. You have done glorious things. Yeah. 
Yahweh. Hallelujah. We bow down and worship Yahweh. Hallelujah. We give God the glory. Yahweh, hallelujah, Yahweh, Yahweh, hallelujah, we give you glory, Lord, hallelujah, Yahweh, Yahweh. Hallelujah, we give you glory, Lord. Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh. Hallelujah, Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh. Glory to God, we give God the glory, hallelujah. And Lords of Lords, the universe, Yahweh, come on, Yahweh, hallelujah. Yahweh, 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 Hallelujah, Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh. Hallelujah, Yahweh, Yahweh, glory, Yahweh, hallelujah, we give God the glory, thank you Jesus, Yahweh, Shakaria Messiah, thank you Lord, Oh, we thank you, Jesus. We give you glory. Oh, we magnify you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, shall we have she called me to say that no. She carried Yes, 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 yes,
to come and join us. Amen as well. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We welcome you. Welcome you. Hallelujah. Thank you for coming. Let me get myself situated here. Amen. I'm excited about today's lesson. Hallelujah. Kingdom Boot Camp Training Principle in the Dry Brook University. Wow. Dry Brook University, that already lets us know the one place sometimes where we may have to be in that dry place. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a university, y'all. Hallelujah. It's a college. Amen. You have to master and get the course right in order to pass the test. Hallelujah. And this is the third principle that we've been talking about the last um, three principles, amen. We have 12 principles, kingdom principles that we're studying these next 12 weeks, amen. And we have on, we're in the, excuse me, the third principle. And that third principle, amen. Excuse me, we're in the fourth principle. Excuse me. Yes, we're in the fourth principle. We've talked about in the first principle, the bread of life principle, heavenly bread. And then we talk about the discipleship principle. And on last week was counting the cost first finishing principle. And on today, we're talking about kingdom boot camp, hallelujah, training principle and Dry Brook University. Hallelujah. Amen. There's no university Hallelujah, that is really called dry brook. Hallelujah. But if you ever been in a dry place, hallelujah, you would know it feels like a university. Amen. Because you have to go through some lessons. Amen. You have to go through some course. You have to take some tests and pass the test. You know, when you're in college, you have to go through the course and pass the test and then pass the semester in order to get the credit that you need. So in the Drybrook University, in the spirit realm, hallelujah, we must pass the test to get to the next place in God. Amen. And sometimes it is not easy going through the test. Amen. But I know for sure that if God put us through the test, he'll get us through the rest. Amen. Hallelujah. Because everything is not Satan. You know, we always say the devil this and the devil that. And even though we know he's at work, yes, because he's always trying to stop the principles of the kingdom of God. But when God is testing us and taking us to another place, it is to conquer him. Amen. So that he cannot rise up against us. Hallelujah. And God always take us through tests in order for us to be what? Victorious. Amen. So dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for decreasing Myself as the Holy Spirit speak through me and I know for sure that on this evening we're all going to pass the test in the Dry Brook University class on today because the Holy Spirit is going to speak to us through the word of God and we thank you for your wisdom, knowledge and understanding, illuminating our minds, enlighten our eyes to see and to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us on today. We thank you that the word is going to fall on good grounds. And we thank you for your revelation in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go straight to the lesson. Amen. We're going to be in 1 Kings chapter 17. 
and we're going to be reading from 17 through 24. So what I want to do is I want to read. I'm coming out of the King James Version, and then I'm going to travel over to the Amplified Version, amen, as I begin to break down the scriptures. Hallelujah. So 1 Kings 17, verse 17 says, now it happened after these things that the son of the woman who owned the house became sick. And his sickness was so serious that there was no breath left in him. Amen. Son. Excuse me. Now it happened after these things that the son of the woman who owned the house became sick. And his sickness was so serious that there was no breath left in him. So she said, Elijah. What have I to do with you, O man of God? Have you come to me to bring me sin to remembrance and to kill my son? And he said to her, Give me your son. So he took him out of her arms and carried him to the upper room where he was staying and laid him on his own bed. Then he cried out to the Lord and said, O Lord my God, have you also brought tragedy on the widow with whom I've lodged by killing her son? And he stretched himself out. Hallelujah. He stretched himself out on, on the child three times and cried out to the Lord and said, Oh Lord, my God, I pray that the child's soul come back to him. Then the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came back to him and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper room into the house and gave him to his mother. And Elijah said, See, your son lives. Um, verse 24, then the woman said to Elijah, now by this time, I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is truth. That right there, last scripture, 24, then the woman said to Elijah, now by this, I know that you are a man of God, a woman of God, and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is truth. Why did she say that? Because his words was reviving. His words was life. His actions manifested life being uh, revived back into the boy. And the boy began to what? Breathe again. Amen. So in this principle that we're talking about on this evening, the Kingdom Boot Camp Training Principle in the Drybrook of University, we already know that Elijah, amen, he graduated from the Dry Brook of University, amen. That's where he learned how to depend on the Lord, amen. He learned how to depend on the Lord for all of his provisions, amen, and not upon himself, amen. And we all know the story about Elijah as he depended on the Lord, amen. And even as he depended on the Lord, he understood that it was there by the brook, the Shireth in the wilderness. Remember, dry is like the wilderness, a dry place, a place of nothing. <laughs> Excuse me, a place where there is dry. There is nothing. But all you have is a word. All you have is what the Lord has said to you. And in that brook of Sherith in the wilderness, that's where Elijah was broken. His flesh was broken. Amen. He received trial upon trial. Amen. And his faith was increased more and more. 
So Elijah began to find himself enrolled in an empty barrel graduate school called Drybrook University. Amen. This is, was a place where his pride was broken. This was a place where he had to begin to trust God more and more. Because even in this instance, as we read the scripture, remember when Elijah came to this house, the woman told her husband, remember, you know, give him a room. And, and in his room, they gave him a lamp and they gave him a light and they gave him a bed. And she said that even when you go over here, you know, when you go back and you begin to read, amen, we know that they brought him into this place, amen. And in this place, they allowed him to lodge here because they knew he was a man of God. They knew that he was a man of his word. He was a man of truth. But what do you do when all of a sudden that word begins to dry up? This word began to dry up because her son stopped breathing. Her son was no longer alive. So Elijah knew that, wait a minute, wait a minute. My faith has to be activated to another level because I know what my father said. I know that this boy, this son was to live and not to die. So Elijah did not base everything off of his own ability, his own anointing, his own strength. Like I said, he was in this university because he needed his pride to be broken. He was in this university because he needed his arrogance to be broken. He had a little bit of ego and low self-esteem. He had a, a little bit of anger and unforgiveness and disbelief and doubt. Come on, I'm talking about some of us. The Drybrook University is a place where... It is a dry place, but it's a place where God begins to work inside out of us. He begins to show us those areas that he is trying to clean up in order for us to get to graduate school. We can't get to graduate school if we don't go through the Drybrook University first. Because graduate school allows us to deal with those issues within. So Elijah knew that this was a place where he was going to be broken. But it seemed that Elijah's life, amen, marked trial after trial, amen. So someone who do not know any better may, may, may begin to think that Elijah, hallelujah, maybe Elijah began to even think himself that, oh, maybe I'm being punished for something. Maybe I'm doing something not right. But anytime when God is working in us and trying to better us and trying to perfect us, amen, God first began to what correct us. Amen. Because the Bible teaches us and allow us to know that God isn't correcting his prophet in this time. And he is perfecting him. Amen. He's perfecting him to depend more on him. See, he already gave Elijah the ability to call things forth as though they're not as though they were. Began to speak things into existence. But he did not want Elijah to focus so much on it being his own ability or his own strength or power to call these things into existence. Because remember, he called forth and said that you will have a son. And this son became her son. And now that her son became her son, even though the widow was not even thinking about it. But at the end of the day, God allowed 
allow her to have a son. So even at this time that God have allowed him to speak these things, now he came into a place where the boy began to what lose his breath. So Elijah had to stand on God and stand on God's word and stand on his breath and know that if Jesus can breathe on us, then we can live again. And as he breathed on Ezekiel and the bones began to what live again, he can also breathe on this young boy and this boy can be revived. But he laid upon him because the power that rested in him, amen, began to what activate and begin to move on God's behalf. Amen. So it says here that he began to lay on the boy. He said, give me the boy. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to say nothing. Just give him to me. And he took him and carried him to the upper room. It's something about the upper room. Hallelujah. Uh, it's something about going up into the holies of holies. It's something about going into a place called, hallelujah, intimacy with God. It's something about abiding with Christ Jesus. It's something about being in his presence. See, the key thing is that if we want things to happen in our lives, we must learn how to be in the presence of God. Not just go in the presence of God when we need something, but we must learn how to stay in his presence 24-7. Amen. In our waking up, in our laying down, it's something about the presence of God. When we're in the presence of God, we are revived. We are alive. We have been resurrected and we are alive to move according to his purpose and and destiny amen his glory so it's something about being in god's presence so he took him to the upper room amen and laid him on his bed this is the same bed that elijah laid on the same bed that elijah began to seek god on the same bed elijah began to pray and intercede hallelujah this is the same bed that elijah began to abide in christ jesus on this is the same bed that elijah began to have an intimacy with god this is the same bed that the holy spirit met elijah on so it was something about the bed hallelujah because the holy spirit was present on the bed because when he laid the boy on the bed he began to cry out and say oh lord my god have you also brought tragedy on the widow with whom i lodged by killing her son and he stretched himself out on the child three times the father the son and the holy spirit three represents the father the son and the holy spirit and i believe as he stretched himself out on him he began to call on the father and the son in the holy spirit and he began to pray and then the son's soul began to come back to him and the lord heard the voice of elijah and the soul of the child came back to him and he was revived see it's something when we can get god's attention it's something when we have that intimacy with god it's something when we are in that secret place with god it's something about being in the presence of god because when we begin to say oh my lord my god my god 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 hears his children. He hears our voice. He hears the sound. Hallelujah. And I know for sure he heard Elijah as he began to say, oh, Lord, my God. You know, a lot of times we say, oh, Lord, my God. We say it all the time. Amen. But this time when he said, oh, Lord, my God, it was something in, oh, Lord, my God. God began to move on his behalf. Amen. And it's just something about saying, oh, Lord, my God, oh, Lord, my God. 
and he began to lay upon him. Amen. See, the Bible also reminds us as we call on the Lord. In Matthew 21 and 22, it says, In all things, whatever so you ask in prayer, believing ye shall what? Receive it. And whatsoever you ask in my name, that will I do. And the Father may be what? Glorified in the Son. So when you are when you are in relationship and you are abiding and you are in the presence of God, whatever you asked in prayer and believe and know that you shall receive it, Amen. So you don't pray for healing; you you pray for good health because you already got healing because you know by His stripes you are already what healed. And whatever so you ask in My name, not in your name, not in your job name, not in your money or your own wisdom but in the name of Jesus I'm calling on the name of Jesus why? because he know my every need, he know what I need he know what I'm going through he know what I need right now and then he says I will do that the father may be glorified in the son and then John 14 and 13 says very very I say unto you whatsoever you ask the father in my name he will give it to you Come on, he will give it to you. Meaning that it's already ours. Amen. It's already ours. He will give it to you. And it says, Heather to have you asked nothing in my name? The reason why we don't have the things because we have not asked in his name. We just just asked. We 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 didn't believe it. You know, we did go into prayer and we did ask him, but we did not believe it. See, it's the difference in asking and believing. But when you ask and don't believe, come on now, doubt and disbelief do not line up with God. Because God is not a God of doubt and God is not a God of disbelief, but God is a God of faith. A faith meaning that he shall do what we ask because it says he will give it to you. So we did not believe it. That's why it's not happening. That's why it's taking so long to come because we're asking, we're calling it out. But we are not believing it. We're not standing on it. We're not calling it forth. It says in Acts, and you shall receive that your joy may be full. And then when you go over to John 16, 23 and 24, it says, and this is the confidence. Come on now, that we have in him. So you got to have confidence. You got to have boldness. You got to know that you know. Come on, Christine. Come on. You got to know. When you go to your father, you got to know. Oh, I'm going to my father. You know, I've got to get up on this. <laughs> this is going to be good. Amen. See, when I go to my father, I got to know that I know that he's going to already give it to me. Amen. Because first of all, I'm faithful. First of all, I'm seeking him. Second of all, I'm dependent on him. And thirdly, of all, of all, I know it's all him. And if it's not, and the, and the thing is, it's all about him. So I can ask in his name, and I know that he's going to give it to me. Why? Because I got the confidence in knowing. I got a confidence in asking. I got a boldness in asking. I'm bold to know that my father can provide all of my needs through his glories and riches. I'm bold to know that whatever I ask in his name, it shall be given to me. Press down, shake it together, and roll it over. See, how do I know this? Because his word. See, I know his word. See, I didn't just quote his word, but I know his word is a difference. Not, didn't know, just quote his word. You got to know it. It got to be so deep in your heart. It got to be in your spirit. Amen. You got to know that you know. Even when your circumstance just look like it's just unbearable. When your circumstance look like it's not going to happen. When the thing that he told you to go after it just seems like it's not going to open up. You got to walk in confidence and boldness and say, you know what? I know that it may not look like it, but my God said that if I just 
just take one step, glory to God, he'll get me to make it the next step. And when I get there, it's going to already be signed, sealed, and delivered. Amen. Because I am confident in knowing that if I just go, it shall be given unto me. It says here, it says that I am confident. I have the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hear us. So, Lord God, let their will be done. How will I know his will? I would know his will by being in his presence. In his presence, he would tell me what his will is for my life. In his presence, he would lead me. Do come on now, the green pastures. He would lead me beside the still waters. Come on now. Even when I go through the valley in the shadow of death, I know that I would fear no evil. Come on now. I know my rod and my staff, hallelujah, is with me. I know goodness and mercy is on each side of me. And I know he's preparing the table before my enemy, my God, I know he's anointed my head with oil. I know my cup is come on now. See, the thing is, I know that I know because anything that I ask according to his will, his will is for me to walk in green pastures. His will is for me to be by the still waters. His will, hallelujah, is that even though if I go and go through the shadow and the valley of death, guess what? Death won't touch me. Glory. It's just a shadow. It's not real. It's just um, false. It's fake evidence. False evidence appearing real. That's what fear is. False evidence appearing real. It's not real. It's not true. Because I know what his will is for my life. I know what he's telling me. Because I'm in his presence. See, when you're in his presence, you're having a conversation with God. He's telling you to get up and go here. He's telling you, don't go over there. He's telling you to go this way and don't go that way. He's telling you to go this way, but go that. Come on now. When you're in the presence of God, he will lead you. He will lead you and direct you and show you where to go. But when we're not in his presence, there's no way he can hear. We can hear him. When we're not in his presence, there's no way he can hear us. And if we know that he hear us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petition that he desired him. Amen. So these are promises. These are promises in the word of God. This is something that God promised us. Nobody can take this from us. Even if we fall short of his glory, but not giving us a license saying it's all right to sin because it's not. But I'm saying if we fall short, just in case, we can come back and repent. And God still will give us the promises long if we stay in his face. We stay close to him in relationship with him. God will not honor a lack of faith. See, if, if God wants us to always know that he's there because the promises that I just mentioned to you are from the word of God. Sometimes we hear them and we feel that they won't work for us, but they are for us. We're sons of God. Amen. Only time that they won't work for us. Amen. And the only time that God will not answer our prayers. Amen. Is in unbelief and in doubt. Because God is not a God of unbelief. God is not a God that doubts. That's why James reminds us in James 1, 6 and 8. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that waver is like a wave of the sea 
driven with the wind and tossed. For let not the man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So you got to know by faith. And how is my faith increased? By hearing and hearing the word of God. Meaning that I got to study God's word. I got to stay in God's word. I got to be in God's word day and night. I got to meditate on God's word. I got to just be in the word just 24 sevens. I have to stay in the face of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Because God wants us to know that in order for him to answer us, we must not doubt him. We must not walk in unbelief. Amen. Hallelujah. It's like God, he answered Elijah instantly, quickly. Elijah didn't have to wait for a month. He didn't have to do a 40-day fast for the boy to come back alive. He took the boy upstairs, the upper room. Come on, heaven. Took him to his place, his, his secret place, his, his altar. The altar where he meets God. Not the altar where everything else beside. No, I'm talking about the altar with you and God our Lord Jesus Christ. The presence of God. You have to have your altar. You got to have a place where you meet God. I ain't talking about no any God. I'm talking about our true and living God. Our Lord Jesus Christ. You got to have a place where you meet him. Early in the morning. In the midnight hour. In your sacrifice. You know there's a sacrifice. You don't just don't come to God when it's convenient. You got to come to God in times of inconvenience. Inconvenience. When you're when it's not convenient for you. That's when you're really seeking him. See, it's easy for us to seek him when we get off work. When we not cooked and ate and we laying down. No, but could you seek him before you go to work? Can you seek him when you know you got to get up early to go to work? In a midnight hour. See, that's the sacrifice. That's what brings a, a, a greater blessing. That's what brings his presence to be so prominent in our in our in our life. It's the sacrifice that we're willing to make. Because uh, a federal fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. How fervent is our prayer? Anything that's fervent is hot off the press. Fire. Effectual means that it's a, taking effect. Something is working. Because we all have storms in our life. Amen. But we learn to walk with God on the waves. We know Peter, he walked on the water. He, how was he able to walk on the water? Because he stayed, his eyes stayed focused went on Jesus. But soon when he took his eyes off Jesus, he began to what? Sink. We must not take our eyes off Jesus. But we must understand that there are valleys of life. That's why it says the valley and the shadow of death. But it says that we will not fear no evil. But when you turn the word evil around, we shall live. Huh? So even though he said we should not fear no evil, when you turn that word around, I know I'm going to live. Even though I'm walking through the valley in the shadow of death. Even though it looks dark. Even though it's dry. Even though it seems like it's going to take me out. But it's just a shadow. A shadow is just something appearing. It's not real. It's just there. It's just life. It's just a circumstance. It's just a situation. 
but it's to get me to the next. It's to get me to graduate. I need to get to graduate school. I need to get out of primary school and postgraduate school. I need to go to graduate school. Come on now. Because I want my doctorate. Hallelujah. So we must learn. And we must know and learn that in this Drybrook University, there's going to be some valleys of life. But we must learn from them. We learn that he is the lily of the valley. He's the lily. Lilies are beautiful. Lilies are, are beautiful. So even when we come up out of that shadow, that valley of shadow of death, the lilies is on the other side. The other daisies is on the other side. The tulips is on the other side. The other flowers that are twirling around. And bright and colorful is on the other side. But sometimes we must go through the fire of life to find out that he will go with us every step of the way. And these are things that Elijah had to learn. And he began to serve in such a way. God was preparing Elijah to stand for him in a powerful way. Amen. So we must understand that no matter us being in God and how long we've been in God. Guess what, y'all? We're going to go through some difficult times. We're going to go through some difficult situations. Sometimes it's not going to be easy for us. Amen? It's not going to be easy for us, but we must trust God. We must know that even in our difficult times, amen, it's like Elijah, hallelujah, he was getting some on-the-job training. You know, we get some on-job training sometimes. When we're in ministry, we're on-the-job training. But we're just in ministry training. When you go to work, you have to go through training in order to fulfill the position. When you're in ministry, you're on the job training for ministry. You on the before God takes you to the battlefield, you're on training ground. You're in this dry brook university that I'm talking about. You're on the job training. Amen. And you know, it's also the test. God's test. The wilderness test. The dry test. Come on now. We must die to ourselves because the boy, hallelujah, he died. He died instantly. His breath was taken from him miraculously quickly. But at the end of the day, hallelujah, God revived him. God brought life back into him. So it reminds us that even here, that even as God had brought life back into him, why? Because Elijah trusts the Lord. He stood on the word. He knew to call on the Lord. We just read, ask anything in his name. And he should what? Give it to us. So at the end of the day, the widow did not know what to do. She just said, wait a minute. Wait a minute now. I don't brought this prophet in my house. And now my son is sick. His breath has left him. Now what have I done to you? Why, why, why is this happening to me? I don't provide it and you lodge and took care of you. And now you even brought a son that I wouldn't even ask for, but it just came. And now he's dead. Hey, but at the end of the day, she was like a distraught parent. Amen. She was a widow. Come on now. She was a widow. Her hopes was not really always there. Because remember, this was a miracle for her to even have the son. Hallelujah. But at the end of the day, her dreams were shattered to know that her son was sick. Her dreams were shattered. Her heart was broken to know that her son was about to take his last breath. 
So she was devastated. But she didn't really go off like that. She could have went off, went off. You know, sometimes we go off for no reason. Even though the situation is bad. But sometimes we just got to wait on God. Because God sees everything. So I believe that she was definitely caught off guard. But at the end of the day, she could have really blamed Elijah. But she just brought it to him. And she just told him, wait a minute. What have I do with you, O man of God? Have you come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and to kill my son? I thought I was forgiven. I thought the Lord had already forgiven me. I thought the Lord had already counted me worthy. How could this come back and do what it's doing to hurt my son? No, that's not the type of God we serve. When God does something for us, he does it and he and it stays in our life. He helps us. He don't do anything to come back to hurt us. Amen. This wasn't her test. This was the test for Elijah. It was testing Elijah. Tested his faith. He was in school. Was he going to rely on his own prophetic word as a prophet? Or was he going to rely on calling on the name of Jesus? Because he said, oh, Lord, my God. He could have said, thus said the Lord God, arise. No, he said, oh, Lord, my God. He called on the name of Jesus. Because he knew calling on the name was something glorious. Amen. So have you ever saw things that you have worked so hard for? Have you, have you ever just saw your loved ones just come up against you? Or just saw things in your life that just did not begin to work out? You felt like that you, it was something that you did or you just felt like you fell once again. But guess what? Those are fires that we go through. Those are trials and tribulations that we have to go through. Because God is testing our faith. God wants to know how much do we trust him? How much do we trust him? We cannot be elevated until we learn to trust in the Lord. Amen. So it was a storm of correction. Amen. She felt like she was going through a storm of correction. She thought God was hurting her. She, she, she failed to see that really it was a storm of perfection. God was perfecting her. God was maturing her. And not only was God perfecting her, but God was perfecting Elijah. He was perfecting Elijah. But at the end of the day, it was helping her. This was helping her to believe more in God, to trust in God, to call on her Lord God. That even if the man Elijah leave, she knew how to call on her God. She knew how to call on the heavens when things begin to go wrong in her life. So this was a test. But Elijah still was discouraged. Amen. This affected Elijah. Why? Because he trusted God. He trusted God because he knew that if God can bring this son out of nowhere and grant this widow this son, how could this son just die? But then he had to go back and remember how God fed him with the ravens, how he used dirty ravens to feed him. See, sometimes we look at people and we look at circumstances and we say, we don't want that from them or we don't want that from over there. But God will use them or that situation to feed us and that will strengthen us. But because our eyes see things and want more, we miss God. Amen. So at the end of the day, God used 
raven to feed him. We must trust God. He gave him water from the brook. Amen. When the brook dried up, Elijah had followed God's call. Amen. There he had submitted to be humiliated thought of being fed by the widow. You know, when God brings you to a place, you feel like, oh, I don't want to have to depend on this person or depend on that person. But God will use that person to feed you. God will use that person to help you. God will use that person to help you in areas that you just never knew that they would help you in. But you're so used to everybody else helping you in those areas. You're looking at this person like, oh, they're nothing. Well, really, God is using them to perfect you. Believe it or not, they got a little bit more than you. But you're looking at their, their circumstance. You're looking at who they are. That's pride. That's pride. God will sin and do what he want to do. We miss it because we want to pick and choose who we want or what we want God to do. But we've been praying and praying and we're saying, Lord, have you heard me? You haven't heard me. No, I've sent them. But you went on their continent. You went on how they looked on the outside. They did not sound like you. They did not talk like you. So you pushed them away, but I sent them to you. And we still say we waiting on God. When God said, I've already sent them. But your eyes was looking for something else. We need to get out of our flesh. We need to get out of our pride. We need to get out of ourselves and let God be God. Elijah trusted God. He trusted God in the miracles that God did. God did the impossible. He, he watched God work on the heart of even a pagan widow woman and brought her to a place of faith. We know the story about the widow and how they met and everything. But look, um, God allowed Elijah to see even her resurrection. Amen. He watched the Lord feed her and her family through a drought. Come on now. He saw her son being raised from the dead. And he and she accused him. What do you do when they accuse you? What do you do when they do all things about against you? When God has sent you? When they have talked about you? But you pray with them. You do this with them. But they talk about you. God was perfecting him. Like he's perfecting you. So that day was very discouraging for the both of them. For her son to die. And for Elijah the prophet. Who called him into existence to witness it. And to still be there to see the same son that he called into it. Come on. And see him die. Hey. That's like a word falling to the ground. But when God give us a word. It won't fall to the ground. That's why I pray. That every word that the Lord God give us. It will not fall to the ground. We. Are never more vulnerable to the attacks of the flesh. And the devil as we. Are when we are discouraged, when we have tried to cross all the T's and dot all the I's and things still fall to pieces, 
It is easy to get defeated and discouraged. We get frustrated. We want to give up. We don't want to believe and wait and trust on God. When these things begin to happen, we begin to wonder why. We begin to question God and say, God, why me, God? Why this, God? Why that? Why this? Why that? When God is saying, I just need you to be still and know that I'm God. I need you to wait upon the Lord. I'm renewing your strength. Because you can't mount your wings as an eagle if if you're not strengthened. But we begin to say, Lord, what did I do? This is how we question God. How can we question God when he's God? Even though we do it. And sometimes there's nothing wrong with it. Because that's between you and God. When you got that relationship with God, you know, you be real with God. Like, Lord, I know you told me that you're going to do this. But, Lord, when is this going to happen, Lord? Lord, uh, Lord, you're going to have to show me a sign. Lord, you're going to have to prove this to me. I know I trust you, Lord. But, Lord, things just don't seem like what you're saying. But, God, he will always show up. But if we keep on, keep on just going back to the same thing, he won't show up. We got to get over it. He has brought us from one place to another place. What we went through last month and the month before, we shouldn't be saying, pray for me, pray for me for that. No, we have already got over there because guess what? We got our mind today. We got our joy today. We able to get up today. A month ago, we weren't able to do that two years ago, five years ago. But today, we can do what we couldn't do the whole time ago. So that lets us know that God is working it out for us. But sometimes we begin to lose faith and hope. We become discouraged. When that happens, we're easily defeated. That's why you cannot let your words defeat you. You can't keep on saying, oh, do this, oh, Lord, and then crying and everything. No, because you're allowing your words to defeat your faith. You got to speak to your faith. You got to walk in your faith. You got to tell yourself. No, I'm not going to allow this to happen or allow me to go backwards, but I'm going forward. I know what God said to me. I know where God said I'm going. And I and I know who I am in God. I'm not walking in guilt no more. I already overcame that. Guess what? I did it. God forgave me. I'm moving on. Guess what? I'm free. Period. I'm free. I did it. And God forgave me because guess what? I came and I acknowledged my sin. Because I acknowledged it and I was, and I'm talking about, I was wholeheartedly acknowledging, meaning that I came with true repentance. I didn't just come to the altar crying in front of everybody. So everybody, no, no, no. This was between me and God. And I did not go back to the vomit. So that lets me know that I really acknowledged my sin. So he has to take it from me. He has to move me further. So I'm not going to keep on crying over the same spilled milk. I'm free. I'm not going to tell myself, no, I'm free. You can't talk to me. You can't even be in my presence. I'm free. Next, I'm, I'm, I'm free. That's what we have to tell ourselves. But sometimes we let discouragement and frustration overtake us. Because the enemy does not want us to see us with our joy. He wants to discourage us. He don't want us to see the promises that's already. The Bible is already written. Anything written means that it's already done. Period. 
Is periods behind this? Question marks behind this? Quotations behind this? Another boldness in this? A bold in this? It's finished. God's word is finished. The word of God is finished, y'all. It's finished. The word of God is finished. The word of God is finished. The word of God is so finished. But a lot of times we, we, we don't believe the finished word. We don't believe the finished word. The word is already finished because first of all, Jesus died. And he, the ghost took him, Holy Ghost, Spirit. And he said what? Finish. So it was already written. The word was already prophesied. Written. The prophets, the men and women of God, walked by the faith. Die for the faith. And Jesus said, finish. It's written. So the promises is what we stand on today. The promises is what we move in today. The promises is what we go out there and achieve today. The promises of the word of God is what becomes the living word. Because the written word becomes the spoken word. And the spoken word becomes what? The living word, the manifestation of God's word. So the word has to what? Manifest. Because it's written already. Now we want decree and declare the spoken word. Now the manifestation of the living word has to come in what? Existence. Because we can't wait to get to heaven. Our heaven is already here in earth. So what are we waiting on? What are we waiting on? Now, I know some of y'all went through some valleys. And I know some of y'all went through some trenches. But at the end of the day, I know the God of all the valleys. I know the God of all the trenches. And I know the God that will get you out of all the valleys and trenches. Amen. So a lot of times we allow ourselves to become so delusional. We sometimes deceive ourselves. We speak curses of ourselves. We keep on speaking it over ourselves. When God done already freed us, God done already set us free, God done already moved us. We keep saying the same stuff over and over. We keep keeping ourselves in bondage. When God has already freed us. See, discouragement, frustration is a tremendous tool in the hand of the devil. He likes to keep working it. Amen. He don't want us to ever get away from discouragement. Or frustration or disappointment because he has a plan but at the end of the day God's plan is bigger than his plan God is the plan and his plan is defeated the devil because discouragement frustration and for um, and discouragement frustration all of those things is defeated it's already what done it's already what done so we don't have to fight against discouragement we don't have to fight against um, frustration. We don't have to fight against just being just, 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 just mad at ourselves. Amen. We must trust God. Elijah had so much. He moved when God said move. He stayed when God said stay. He ate when God provided. See, all Elijah has done is basically watch God do the impossible time after time. So when God say move, you got to move. When God say say, you got to say. 
When God say go, you got to go. When God say no, he means no. When God says run, you better run. You got to hear God's voice. God placed Elijah in a position to where he was so involved to where he heard the voice of God. He brought him to a place where he began to trust God. Remember when he sat at the brook and he began to curse himself and he began to feel so sorry for himself when Jezebel had put so much fear in him and he just felt like he was just going to be killed by the prophets and blah, blah, blah. But God allowed him to arise and shine. I believe when he began to feed him with the dirty ravens and I begin when he began to give him some water, he said, wait a minute, get up. You know, you want to starve yourself. You want to take yourself through all of this because you allowed this Jezebel to put fear in you. Don't you know? You don't saw me do might and grady things. Come on now. Against those 400 prophets. Come on now. I'm only one. Glory to God. So why are you sitting here allowing her and her the prophets to discourage you and frustrate you and put fear in you? Get up. Get yourself strong. Come on now. Because remember, I'm using you as my prophet to shut the heavens. Amen. To call the rain. To shut down the rain. And I can't have nobody that's walking in doubt or disbelief or walking in fear. I need somebody that's full of faith. Somebody got ridiculous faith. Faith that moves mountains. Faith that speaks to mountains. Mountains that's bigger than them. Wider than them. Longer than them. I need somebody that's going to be able to speak some things. And be able to move some things by faith. And not look at the things around them. Or the circumstances around them. Or the people around them. Or look at their money. Or look at their uh, status. Or look at things about them. But know that I am the God. I am the engine. I am the true and only God. My God. You got to know that you know that God is your engine. Because you need an engine to move. If a car don't have an engine, your ordinator is not going to work. If you don't have an engine, your water pump ain't working. Your battery, come on now, you need the engine. The engine is the core that works the alternator, the battery, and every other part in the car. Know that God is your engine. When God is your engine, come on now, that means you got some power. I'm talking about some four force power. Some power that's going to move mountains. Power that's going to shake some, some, some foundations. Power that's going to speak to so many, not atmospheres, but stratospheres, hemispheres. Glory to God. Power. You got to know that God is your engine. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Because God placed Elijah in his place. Because Elijah had to trust God. So Elijah became calm. Hallelujah. He first confronted death. Hallelujah. He confronted accusations. Come on now. He confronted fear. He confronted doubt. He confronted everything. Matter of fact, look what he just confronted with the widow. Hallelujah. And like his word fell to the ground. Glory. But God allowed his word to arise and shine when he laid on the boy. And he called on my God. Oh, Lord, my God. And began to revive the boy. So in all of this, Elijah understood the storms of life. When he went through the Dry Brook University. He knew that it was a dry place. He knew that it was a place of, of, of nothing. And that's like you and me. The Dry Brook University is a lesson that we must pass. It's a test that we must pass. It's a storm of life that we all go through. It's a storm of life that blows past us at all times. 
But we must not get stuck in the storm. Hallelujah. We must know how to wave the storm. We must know how to go with the storm. Hallelujah. People going to always try to attack us from the left and right. People going to always try to upset us here and there. Trials and tribulations going to come in our way. But at the end of the day, we got to know that we got God. And God will allow us to overcome. The Lord is our help. You must remember that. You must not give up. And you must not operate in the spirit of fear. But of power, of love, and a sound mind. You must learn to walk through the storms calmly. You must learn how to take the burdens to the Lord. Hallelujah. We must learn never to lose sleep. Amen. Because of a situation. Hallelujah. Elijah had compassion. His heart was touched by the pain of the widow. When the widow said, oh my God, my son is dead. Oh, he didn't, he did not wait. He said, give him to me. Give him to me. Hallelujah. Right here it says, he, it says, did he crazy says, and he said to her, give me your son. So he took him out of her arms. Give him to me. I'm taking him. I'm coming for him because I know my God. He went for, he felt her hurt. He felt her pain. We must feel one another's pain. We must feel one another's hurt. We must know how to pray and intercede on behalf of God's people because of the hurt and the pain that we feel on their behalf. We need to be able to be in the spirit of God, to be able to feel one's infirmities, to feel one's pain. And then when he took the son from her arms, he went to the upper room, he went to a place where he met God. He didn't take him out the house and to a pastor and to the next man of God. He took him to the altar, a place where he met God, a place where he abided in Christ, a place where he met God like day and night. This was a place that he knew that his Lord God was going to be right there. We need to have a place that we go and meet God. Our altar where we meet Jesus. Where we fellowship with Jesus. We're in his presence in that place. Even when everything else in this world is going crazy. And our jobs is getting on our nerves. And the church ain't right. I'm just saying. We can go to that place. That altar. And God will meet us. And he will give us direction. He will give us wisdom. He'll give us the right words to say. He'll give us the right heart. He'll heal our heart. He won't have us get on the phone and sow discord and gossip because the church did this and the church. No, when we meet him in that secret place, he will first heal our heart. He will take us in the place of forgiveness. He will take us in a place to relieve any bitterness and hurt and pain. He begins to heal us. And agape begins to set back in. And he said, come on, get back up and let's go again. And it strengthens you. And it learns and teaches you how to love those that have hurt you. Who have spitefully used you. Who have lied on you. And did all type of vile things against you. 
He will teach you how to just trust in him. Amen. So Elijah had compassion. He was touched by the widow's experience. He has watched her grow in her faith. He wasn't just living with her and just staying there. He was watching God work in her. He was watching her faith work in God. So that's why he was connected. He felt her infirmity. He felt her pain. He had to experience her generosity. Remember, she showed hospitality to him. She gave him a room. How about A stranger. Didn't know him. Who that stranger just come in? She gave him a room. He understood her generosity. He, under, he understood her hospitality. He enjoyed it. He even saw her heart move in so many ways. So his compassion for her and the son was so great. So that's why when he petitioned to the Lord on behalf of the widow, God, first of all, saw his heart and saw the heart of the widow. And that's what moved God. God is moved by our heart, not by our words, our heart. How sincere is your heart to God? David was a man after God's own heart. That's why God and David was close because of David's heart. And we know how David was. He puts, uh, just to have Bathsheba, he put her, his, her husband on the front line to be killed. But still after God's own heart. Elijah had a heart. He cared for the things of God. He bare the widow's burden in the presence of God. He took the son to the upper room. What was in the upper room? God's presence. He took him to God. He didn't take him to his prophetic word. He didn't take him to the prophets. He didn't take him to the church. He took him to God. His secret place. We need to take our petition and take our death to God. We got some deaths in our lives. I'm not talking about a physical death, but we got some deaths that we're dealing with. Let's take it to God so that he can what? Revive it. Because that's what God did here. He revived the son. He was dead. So God is saying to us today, take your, bring your deaths to me so that I can resurrect them. I am not dead, but I am alive. I've spoken it. I've already said it. It's already written. It's already done. Elijah was in the right positioning. Why? Because he humbled himself. And then not only that, he stretched his body over the boy. Humility. He could have been taken on. He laid on the boy. He laid on the boy. He knew how to position himself on the boy. He knew the law. 
And he must have known by touching him being dead. Come on now, when you read in Numbers 19 and 10. So here, what am, I, what am I trying to say? Elijah was willing to what? Be humiliated and humble himself and to reach out to God. Even though the woman had already began to blame him and say, why have you killed my son? Blah, blah, blah. He did not allow her, humiliating her, to discourage him or to defend him. He took the boy from her and he took him to the upper room and he stressed out over the boy. He was willing to suffer everything. I mean, lose everything. Then his petition. Elijah asked God to do something that had never done be done before. This was absolutely powerful. Come on now. There was no when you read back here, no record of any dead person ever being brought back to life before that day. So when Elijah began to pray. Come on, Elijah placed everything on the line of God's glory. He placed everything on the line of God's glory. And for the need of the woman, he knew she needed that son. Probably would have took her out. He trusts God for the unseen. His heart was moved by God. Amen. So when he called on the Lord, the Lord God began to move. The impossible began to be the possible. God honored the prophet. He raised the child from dead to life again. Why? Because Elijah trusted God by faith. Who would just know to lay their body on a dead person and just say, oh, my, oh, God, oh, my Lord, my God. Huh. And then the person just breathes again. Oh, my God. That's what we do with our people. We lay ourselves on them, hug them, love on them. We hold them, we, 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 we lay hands on them and we hold them. And say, maybe everything's going to be all right. That's land stretching your body on them. And it's God that's speaking in your ear. The Spirit of God. Because the Spirit of God rests on me. So the Spirit of God is speaking in your ear. And God is stretching himself over you. And he's doing a great work in you. So God has done what Elijah asked. So Elijah had prevailed in prayer. God honored the faith of the prophet and raised the child back to life. So this was the what? The living word. The written word that was written. The spoken word that was spoken. And then the living word was the proof. When, the, when, when Elijah carried him up the steps in his arms, a dead body, it was nothing. But when he came back down, my God, my God, a living miracle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Life. There was nothing but joy, come on, going on right now. Because when he took him upstairs, it was just nothing, dead. But when he brought him back down, God worked a miracle. What a glorious day that was. 
So remember, we're talking about the power of faith in God to work in times of struggle. It was faith that moved this impossible mountain. And in this faith that will move the mountain that we are facing today. Like Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you shall, come on, you shall say until this mountain to be removed hence to yonder place, and it shall, what, be removed, and nothing shall, what, be impossible. So we can count on the Lord, his written word, to know that when we speak to whatever mountain in our life, it has to be, what, removed. Amen? We should never fear because God does not give us the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. So we must understand that at the end of the day, we will have a testimony. Elijah had a testimony, amen. He was vindicated, amen. He was a man that was vindicated because now the widow didn't do nothing but what? Testify on how her son died, but how God resurrected him back to life. How he was revived back to life, amen. God will work a miracle in our life if we allow God to to work a miracle in our life, amen, because our Heavenly Father is willing to do that. Even though we face trials and tribulations, we must understand that God will lead us in a place to where we will resurrect again. We may be down today, but tomorrow our resurrection is coming, amen. We may not have gone and going through what we may have went, but guess what? Tomorrow our resurrection is coming. So we got to know that it is God. That is resurrecting some things in our life. God has revived some things in our life. Amen. God has validated some things in our life. Now the widow can express her confidence in God. The widow can express her confidence in the word of God. The widow can express her confidence in the man of God. Why? Because God showed her the power of his resurrection. Of the boy being revived. Amen. God will perform what he said he shall do. Amen. Because God give us his word and we must trust his word. We must rest assured to his word. We must understand that when we pray in the name of Jesus, victorious things shall happen. Amen. Because even when this boy died, God brought resurrection back to his life. God resurrected him back to himself. Amen. So the widow was strengthened. The widow was now grounded in her faith, but most of all, she was able to believe God. Sometimes we go through what we go through, but God will resurrect that situation. And then we begin to believe God more and more because our faith is being what increased more and more. So guess what? Yes, we got to go through that school. Amen. Hallelujah. The dry, the dry, the dry school. Hallelujah. The dry Brook University. In order for some things to be resurrected, amen, in our life, amen. So whatever we're facing today, I challenge you to bring it before the Lord and trust him. And let him watch over it and around it. Just like the widow, she placed her burden of her dead son in the arms of Elijah. Hallelujah. But I challenge you to place whatever dead thing you have in your life in the arms of Jesus. Amen. And as you place things in the arm of Jesus, watch him stretch himself over your dead situations and watch him um, resurrect every dead situation in your life. Whatever you have going on, know that Jesus Christ can move that mountain. No matter if it's emotional, financial, interpersonal, physical, spiritual, whatever the case it may 
be. God, our Lord Jesus Christ, can resurrect any dead situation in your life. You have to just believe him on today and know that all you have to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that he is your Lord and Savior, that he has died for you. He has given you life and life more abundantly. And you got to trust and know that whatever he allowing you to go through this day, know that he's going to help you get through it. But you got to make sure that you are trusting in him, you are abiding in him. You got an intimate relationship with him. And not only do you just call on his name. See, you can't just call on the name of Jesus just because you want to call on the name of Jesus. You got to have relationship. Amen. It's something called relationship, being able to call on his name and to receive whatever you ask because you call on his name because you're in his name. You're in relationship in his name. You have, you are abiding in his name and you're intimate with him because you know that he is your Lord and Savior. Amen. So as we're just just finishing up on today, we thank God because we have just went through boot camp training principle. And now we have graduated from the Drive Brook University. And now we're in our graduate school. Hallelujah. Of faith. Amen. So I hope that this teaching blessed you. I hope that this teaching really touched your heart. And um, the Lord is willing next week. We're going to talk about the amazing power of the principle of faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Like I said, it's 12 kingdom principles that we're talking about in these next 12 weeks. We've already talked about four of these principles. We'll be on principle five. Hallelujah. And I know for sure as the Lord God is touching us with these biblical teachings. Hallelujah. And studies that your faith is being increased more and more. So we thank Thank God for your life. We thank God for you joining us. And until next time, may God keep you. May the Lord God be with you in Jesus' name. And make sure that you join us again. Um, by God is God's willing Sunday, 8:45 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Amen. Come on out. 1115 Hicks Boulevard, Suite 5, Fairfield, Ohio, 45014. God bless you. And I thank God for you coming as well, those that are here. Amen. And we also going to uh, make sure that we give you the location because um, at the end of the month, we'll be going out on our outreach. The last Saturday of the month, 8 a.m., we'll be going out. I'll give you the location. So we'll go out and we're just going to evangelize whatever area that the Lord give to us. But we will be praying together starting at Thursday. So Thursday, Friday, and that Saturday morning, we will touch and agree, pray, so that as we go out, the Lord will lead us, cover us in the blood of Jesus as we preach the gospel, as we lead them, hallelujah, to salvation, amen, through Christ Jesus. So we are excited about that. And, and if you want to join us, if you're a ministry and you also want to connect, please just inbox me or give me a call, 513-494, hallelujah, 667. Because you just never know whatever area that we're in. Glory to God. Maybe the person may be closer to your ministry or closer to whoever ministry. Amen. Or maybe God is calling them to that ministry or maybe to this ministry. So as we all go out and we all evangelize together, let's go out there to help the lost. Those that don't that know Christ but don't have maybe a relationship with him. Amen. So we just am um, excited. So um, another thing. Um, the, the counseling Tuesdays and Wednesday, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. or 15-minute um, telephone calls. Hallelujah. 15-minute increments. Amen. But if you want a, um, a more than 15 minutes, we have the, um, 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 actually it's going to be 
Friday, and I'll and I'll come back with another day. I think it's Friday that we have open because the Wednesday, Amen. Um, I think is um, up to three, so I think we don't have any openings um, after that. But I will let you know when you call in, Amen. Hallelujah. So God bless you, and remember on Mondays we're praying for ministries, we're praying for leaders. So whoever. You are, we need you to pray, not just for this ministry, but we need you to pray for your ministry, for every other ministry, every other leader. Take an hour, seven to eight, to pray in Jesus' name. Amen and glory to God. So we're looking forward to you coming on out.